hopefully this week we're going to get some clarity around borders, especially for Auckland, potentially a change around the vaccination incentives for other regions as well. The Deputy Prime Minister Grant Robertson is with us. Morning to you. Morning, Mike. Did you watch the cricket? Yeah, I caught a bit of it. Um, obviously not the result we were looking for, but uh, Australia were pretty much too good on the day. Amazing innings from Kane Williamson. He's, he's got to be one of our best ever, I reckon. I reckon. Let's go back to last week. A couple of things from last week. The Auditor General's report into the saliva testing in the Ministry of Health, that was scathing. What gets done about something like that? Yeah, well, obviously, any time the Auditor General does a report, we've got to sit up and listen to it. Um, in this particular case, the Ministry of Health are the, are the people who've got the recommendations in their ballpark. I would note that the, the Auditor General decided it didn't need to be taken further, but that there were some lessons to learn about the way you do contracting in these situations, and I'm sure the Ministry will take that on board. Conflicts of interest, how does that sort of stuff get, how do you get away with that? Yeah, look, conflicts of interest are you know are often a tough one. I think the really important thing to note is a conflict of interest is not a dead end. It means it has to be managed. And when you are dealing with technical areas and technical specifications, it is sometimes challenging to find the people for a panel. So you've got to be careful. And we certainly expect conflicts of interest to be managed and dealt with early. And I think that is one of the lessons to learn from the report. I read into it that it, it, the Ministry of Health came dangerously close to lying. Is that fair? Uh, no, I'm not sure it is. Um, and, and also, Mike, to be frank, I, I haven't been as close to this particular piece of work as other ministers have. But no, and I think if that were the case, the Auditor General would have gone much further with his inquiry. He said he was satisfied with where he'd landed it and with the recommendations he did. And listen, you know, the Ministry of Health have had a huge amount on their plate. There are a lot of different processes underway. We expect high standards of them, and I hope they'll learn from this. All right. On related matters still with the Ministry of Health, though, uh, Andrew Little on this programme last week was saying he was disappointed that actually hadn't released the information to the Maori vaccine providers uh, and he was going to do something about it until apparently he worked out that he couldn't do anything about it. And as far as I know, the information still isn't released. Is the ministry above a court? No, it's not. And the individual level data has now been discussed and is being released to um, to Māori authorities, whānauora providers in Auckland and in the Waikato. Um, so that's an ongoing discussion as to whether there's more data. It is one of the peculiarities of our Health Act that the Director General of Health actually has quite significant powers under the Health Act, including around people's personal information. And bear in mind that it was actually other Māori groups, iwi groups, who were concerned about the release of private information. The courts had its say and now that has been worked through and information is being released. But it does look like the court has its say but until Ashley has his say we can't do anything. He's got too much power doesn't he? Well, as I say, the Health Act's been around for a very long time. I think the, its origins go back to 1950s, and the Director General has some quite specific uh, responsibilities and rights under that Act. And, you know, this is one of those situations. It is people's personal data, and we do want to be protective of that, but there has been a ruling here. And as I say, my understanding is data for, at, a, at an individual level for uh, Auckland and Waikato is now being released. All right, so Andrew Little says last week home isolation is struggling, the health system struggling in 120 cases a day on the same day. Ashley Bloomfield says it's working fine. Which is it? 
Oh, there's definitely been some areas and some individual situations that have not um, been up to our expectations. But overall, the system's doing okay. I mean, you've got a, you know, close to a couple of thousand people in, in, um, at home, not all of them cases, but some of them their contacts. You know, that's a, a lot to manage. Um, but there have been some examples where it hasn't gone well and quite tragically. So, you know, we will always seek to improve it. But, but those handful of cases doesn't mean that the system isn't going to cope. Um, and we just have to work through the problem. We've got. Is the vaccination app getting rolled out this week? Um, it's yeah, it is essentially. I mean, there's still a little bit of work to do. It's been piloted over the last uh, little while. There's two parts to it, obviously, Mike. There's the app itself, but then the use of the vaccines, vaccine certificates by businesses and so on requires verification. So you've got to have two parts to this. Um, but it's going really well. And actually, the team that's done this are the same team who developed the Book My Vaccine website, and with one or two very minor exceptions, that's gone really well. Um, so we, you know, everything's running according to plan, and I'm sure Minister Hipkins will have a bit more to say about that later in the week. OK, so that will be rolled out by when, though? Oh, by the time we move into the framework, I mean, that's the point. And in fact, in advance of that, all things being equal, as I say, two parts to it, you know, and, you know, if I can do a, a little advert for people, go on to mycovidrecord.nz, get yourself ready, because that's where the vaccine certificates are going to land um, as soon as they're available. And then at the other end, we're working with businesses on the verification side. So they'll definitely be available well in time for shifting to the framework. And is that why we're now going to bring the rest of the country into the light system with Auckland as opposed to just Auckland on the 29th of November. Not so much about the, the timing of that, more about what practically works. And we, we've got some discussions to have at Cabinet level to, to finalise that. But the system's always been set up for that possibility. Uh, and, you know, we want to get people as close to 90% as we possibly can. Uh, but equally, we've made this commitment about Aucklanders being able to leave um, for Christmas, and we're going to stick to that. So to make all of that work, it's what happens on both sides of the boundary that matters. Right. Well, let me come back to the borders in just a moment. If we'd had the vaccine app out earlier... Would we have been, because I mean, we tried to explain this to you all the whole time. If you're in level two at the moment, which is most of the country, and you're not vaccinated, your life is fine. Why would you possibly go get vaccinated? Because your life's only going to get more difficult once you get the vaccine app out. Yeah, it's always been a balance, Mike. It's not just about the, the practicalities of getting people vaccinated. It's also about the about the, the safety element and making sure that we keep communities safe. And so we've been pushing towards that 90% double dose. We were very clear about that. Um, but obviously, we want to be practical as well. And so, yep. You know, we'll we'll take another look at the numbers over the next week or so and make our announcements. But uh, no, it's not so much about the vaccine app availability. Okay, so is it more now we're going to see some of the lower areas boarded off to unvaccinated people as opposed to the problem around Auckland? So in other words, Tairawhiti, if you're unvaccinated, you can't go into that region over the Christmas summer period. Is that what you're looking at now? We're looking at a range of options, and clearly that's one of them. I mean, we've had some, some discussions previously about the practicalities of what to do at the Auckland boundary, but obviously, in the end, what we're talking about here is there are some communities in New Zealand where VEX rates are not at the level that we would want them to be at. So we're, we're exploring those options, and we'll have more to say about that this week. David Seymour's idea that you need a testing regime, this mandate business that comes in for so many people today, it's unfair, it's divisive, and it's nasty, is at least if you offered a testing regime, it would solve some of the problem. Have you rejected that outright? 
Oh, look, testing's got to be part of what we do, and particularly over the medium and long term, it's going to be a, a significant factor in the way we all go about our lives. But it's not a replacement for the vaccine certificate regime and for the mandating that we've done. And we haven't taken any decision on mandating lightly. We've discussed every single one of them. But when it comes to the health and the education workforce, given who they're working with and the people that we want to continue to protect, particularly kids who can't get vaccinated, um, we think that mandate's well and truly justified. Testing sits alongside it, but it'll never be a replacement for it. Appreciate your time as always, Grant Robertson, the Deputy Prime Minister.